Remember the date. Today is the Thursday, the 24th of February, 2022. Earlier this morning, we all received the news that we did not want to hear, and that is that the Russian forces have invaded the Ukraine. Tanks have been seen crossing the borders and attacks on various cities in the Ukraine, including Kiev, have been seen. Many world leaders have gone into Russia and to the Ukraine to try to sort this out before it became what it is now, a war. Not only does this represent Russia at war again with one of its former Soviet states, but this time it could hit hard around the whole continent, possibly around the world, but let's hope not. Let's hope that senses are come to and the tanks and the armoured vehicles and the planes and everything turn around and go back home to Russia. And let's hope that happens very soon before there is any more bloodshed on the streets of the Ukraine, a peaceful country. Let's hope that this can be resolved as soon as possible. I fully understand that many people may be affected by the events of the news in the last few weeks and especially this morning. Therefore I would like to say that if you do need help, do seek it out. My friend Chris Cumberbatch is a motivational speaker and a mental health campaigner he has been through PTSD himself. Chris has allowed me to share with you his website in which he tells of his story, battles with uh, mental health, etc., but also how to get help for yourself. I would urge you to go and have a look at the website. It is madyana.co.uk. That's madyana.co.uk. M-A-D y-a-n-a dot co dot uk Hello ladies and gentlemen, my name is Andy and this is UFOs and Other Paranormal Stuff. I hope that you're all doing well. Yes, the world is full of bad news at the minute it seems but I hope that, like I said, I hope that you're all doing well and you're able to find peace somewhere got an email a few weeks ago from a gentleman called Dave, who I believe lives in Bristol. Dave wrote in to say, I saw what I thought was a helicopter with its searchlight on until it went behind a long, narrow cloud. As I was waiting for it to emerge at the other end, all I saw was an orange sort of line shoot straight up from about the middle of the same cloud, and nothing came out at the end of the cloud which was where I expected it to be. I told my friends, and of course they scoffed, making me doubt what I'd seen. But about two weeks later, I was in one room, and my friend was in a different room. He got my attention by shouting, Dave, they're back! And we both saw an object moving erratically in the sky. It was so low, we thought it would hit the high-rise flats nearby. It was then that we spotted the police chopper hovering just watching this thing and then the object shot off like a rocket. What's puzzling me 
is the fact the police chopper remained there, just hovering for a good six or seven minutes. Probably stunned by what they had seen, I emailed the Bristol Evening Post, but I don't recall seeing anything in the news. That was about seven or eight years ago. A friend told me, yesterday, that he remembers reading about something, but I can't find it. These were in the Barton Hill area of Bristol. Maybe someone else saw them. If anybody can help, uh, if anybody could help Dave with that, that would be much appreciated. Uh, if you could send a message through to me, just go to www.ufosandops.com and there's a little bit at the bottom of my new website where you can send me a message. Uh, if you do that, I can forward it to Dave. There is a donation button as well on the website, so if you do wish to donate, it would be very much appreciated. Thank you. He did send another email though. It goes on to say, In my 68 years on this beautiful planet, things I cannot understand, more so because of all the things that had happened for these events to occur. I have witnesses for some, but the strangest one involved an American and two Aussie girls, and in my mind resulted in two soulmates meeting again. I think you may be, like me, amazed. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, please do write in. If you've ever had an experience like that, any UFO experience or or any experience where two people who have never met before, they meet and yet it seems like they've known each other for, I was going to say centuries, but for a very long time, please do write in and let me know. It would be very interesting to hear your stories. That reminds me, if you do have any other stories of UFOs or paranormal events, then again, don't hesitate to get in touch. Go to www.ufosandops.com and there you can see all the other podcasts, all the trailers, everything, all the special episodes, as well as stories from other people too. There will be a segment coming up on the website by somebody called Maggie Z. That will be in the next two, three weeks. Not exactly sure yet, but do keep an eye out for it. It is very, very interesting. Once again, you will find that at www.ufosandops.com. Also, if you are interested in sponsoring the website and the podcast, please do again send me a message through the website. Anyway, swiftly on to this week's episode. The Time Machine in London? We all know cemeteries are places that have very strange feelings attached to them. Obviously, that is due to the fact that they are cemeteries and they are full of bodies of those who have passed. We also know from previous episodes that London cemeteries can be places of extreme weirdness, especially the big ones. Remember the Vampire of Highgate Cemetery? It has long been said that the cemeteries are more than places where the dead just go to rest. Highgate Cemetery is one of a group of large cemeteries known as the Magnificent Seven. It shares that group with other highbrow cemeteries in Kensal Green, West Norwood, Abney Park, Nunhead and Tower Hamlet. The other, officially the sixth of the Magnificent Seven, is Brompton Cemetery. And this cemetery, just like the one in North London, Highgate, has its links to the strange. 
If you are ever in the city of London, you can jump on the London Underground's district line to Earl's Court, where upon leaving the Grand Station at the main exit, you will see a London police call box. These were used in the 1920s and until the 1980s, when the proliferation of public telephone boxes as well as the advent of the mobile telephone meant that calling emergency services was much easier than having to find a police call box to use. In the 1960s, the BBC were making a brand new science fiction television show and needed a prop for when the show's eponymous time-travelling character, Doctor Who, would first appear in 1960s London. They decided to use the police call box as, in the show's storyline, it blended in. The idea was that the Doctor's ship, the TARDIS, 10 points for anybody who knows what TARDIS stands for, would change its appearance to blend in wherever or whenever it went, in time and space. But its chameleon circuit malfunctioned when it landed in London in the 1960s, and so it was stuck in the shape of a police call box forever and before. Basically, what that really meant was that BBC budget cuts meant that they couldn't afford to get other large props to use in its place whenever it landed on a different planet at a different time. Turning right, then right again onto a back street, you will soon find the large gatehouse for Westminster Cemetery. But this is no longer called Westminster Cemetery, it is in fact Brompton Cemetery. Brompton Cemetery is even easier to get to if you don't want to see the TARDIS. It has a station right next to it called West Brompton and is connected to the London Underground, the London Overground and the suburban train network operated by Southern. The cemetery was built in 1839 and is owned by the Crown. According to Wikipedia it has 35,000 marked graves and over 205,000 are buried there. Among them you will find Tomasz Arszewski, a former Prime Minister of Poland in exile, famous chess player Thomas Wilson Barnes, Henry James Byron, Samuel Cunard, founder of the famous shipping line, Nellie Farron, stage actress Emmeline Pankhurst, the suffragette, Hannah Courtois, a London socialite who inherited a huge fortune from John Courtois, and Joseph Bonamy, the younger, English sculptor, artist and Egyptologist. It is the latter two that are of interest. Just a short walk into the cemetery, which is open most days during light hours, you will see a huge, slightly odd-looking building. Apparently it is the tomb built by Bonamy and a mysterious Alfred Warner for Hannah Courtois, but it is said to also be a time machine. It is said that this mausoleum is a time machine built using ancient Egyptian knowledge. Standing at a rather large 20 foot tall, this imposing mausoleum was built from granite and has a pyramid shaped roof and very heavy bronze door. It is lined by Egyptian designs and also features hieroglyphics that add to the structure's mystery. It was built in the 1850s to house the bodies of Hannah Courtois and two of her three daughters, 
None of Hannah's daughters married for fear of losing their massive wealth to untrustworthy men, by the way. During her lifetime, Hannah Courtois amassed a huge fortune and is said to have been the mistress of kings and politicians as well as other rich and powerful men. No one knows the fathers of her two daughters. No one knows how the daughters died either, even though they passed just after their mother died. It was thought in the early Victorian years that ancient Egyptians had found the secret to time travel. Those Victorians were absolutely fascinated with the subject of time travel. It is also known that Joseph Bonamy visited the pyramids in Egypt many times with his father Joseph Bonamy the Elder. Might he have discovered the secret to time travel anywhere whilst there? Maybe the infamous hieroglyphics found in the temple of Seti, yes, of all names, Seti, at Abydos, that show what many think are various flying objects, including one that looks very, very much like a helicopter, are real, and were carved by ancient Egyptians who had been able to pop into the future and have a look around. Maybe. However, self-claimed expert Stephen Coates has gone even further than the time machine theory, stating that this building in Brompton Cemetery is in fact a teleportation chamber. In order to try to interpret the bizarre urban legend that surrounds this mausoleum, it may help to understand the complex and secretive life of Hannah Courtois herself. Hannah Peters was apparently born in 1784 and a few years later, at a very young age, she fled from her abusive father and went to work as a housekeeper and an employee at a local tavern. Yes, they had anyone of any age working at places in London in the old days. Some years later, she met and became housekeeper of a former wig maker, John Courtoy. Courtoy was in poor health and needed someone to help him. He had made an absolute fortune in the banking business. Within one year, Hannah gave birth to her first daughter. She stated that despite his poor health and age, the daughter was that of Courtois. But many in those days thought that the baby was the child of the man who introduced Courtois and Peters a year prior, Francis Grosso. Despite all of this, Hannah Peters married John Courtoy, taking his name, but also having a lot of influence over his decisions too. His will, made in 1810, stated that his fortune would be given to a former wife of his and their five children. But four years later, it was changed so that Hannah would receive his wealth instead. Hannah Courtoy was also, like many others in that time, fascinated by Egyptology, especially hieroglyphics. She thought that ancient Egyptians knew their place in the universe. She and Joseph Bonamy would meet regularly at her home to study the ancient Egyptians. When she died, she was placed at rest in the elaborately designed mausoleum in Brompton Cemetery. It was designed by Bonamy, who wanted the Egyptian details placed on the tomb in a very precise way. 
When Bonamy himself died some years later, an ancient Egyptian design was placed on his headstone. It is not known whether this is coincidence or not, but the hieroglyph placed on the headstone was of Anubis, the ancient Egyptian god who had the body of a man and the head of a dog, and weirdly it was facing in the exact direction of Hannah Courtois' tomb. The engraving shows Anubis lying on a tomb that looks remarkably similar to the one that Hannah Courtois' body lay in. A writer by the name of Howard Webster became intrigued by the tomb and so began to do some research on its origin. The more he researched it, the more he believed that it was in fact a time machine. A time machine built by the maverick genius of the Victorian age, Samuel Warner. Samuel Warner was an interesting person indeed. He built the mausoleum of course, but soon after the tomb was built, he died in very obscure circumstances, early in December 1853. He too was buried at Brompton Cemetery. Nothing exists to tell us of Warner's cause of death. He was supposedly buried though, very, very soon after he died. In the years before building the huge tomb, Warner made several claims to the Royal Navy that he had invented invisible weapons. He wanted to demonstrate them to the admirals. Warner stated to the Navy that he had gone along with his father, William Warner, on the Nautilus near the end of the Napoleonic Wars and used his inventions to destroy two enemy ships. There was no evidence for this and the account was full of anachronisms. So Warner demonstrated one of his weapons on a lake in Essex. Witnesses, including the Prime Minister at the time, Sir Robert Peel, watched as a boat seemingly just blew up. Three years later, Warner performed another demonstration, this time in the English Channel. Witnesses watched from Brighton Beach as a ship being towed at sea detonated. At the exact moment, the signal was given on land. However, they left feeling a little bit let down and unresolved with the value of what they had just seen. Warner found that no one was really interested in his weapons and claims were made that the ship was rigged to blow up. Saying that, the matter of Samuel Warner's invisible inventions was brought up again in 1852 in the House of Lords. A committee was appointed to inquire into them more. But one week later, the former Prime Minister and current Commander-in-Chief of the British Army, the Duke of Wellington, intervened. He pointed out that the inquiry was scientific in nature and that it had been entrusted to the Ordnance Department. The committee never reported. Back to the time machine theory. It is thought that Joseph Bonamy and Samuel Warner worked together using the knowledge of the ancient Egyptians decoded from the hieroglyphics to create this time machine. It is said that Warner was killed because someone wanted the secret to time travel to remain secret.
Could it have been the Daleks? Or was he killed because he had the knowledge to create super weapons which could not be allowed to fall into the hands of anyone who might be considered an enemy? Webster, in fact, does go on to say that he believes the body in the grave marked Samuel Warner is in fact not that of Samuel Warner and that he is alive and well and travelling through time with the use of his and Bonamy's invention. Could it be that Hannah Courtois and her daughters did not die back in the mid-1800s? Could it be that the ladies cheated death and are wandering around in time somewhere or more pertinently somewhen? It is strange that soon after their supposed parting, all evidence of their existence vanished. All but one. The evidence of the inheritance from John Courtoy to Hannah. A spokesperson for Brompton Cemetery has stated that if they too did build a time machine, placing it in a cemetery would indeed have been a very good idea. The most eccentric of structures can always be explained away in a cemetery. Also, people can walk about unobserved. Also, it would be highly unlikely that an important cemetery would ever be redeveloped in the near or far future, meaning that the tomb would be in place for centuries, allowing its 19th century traveller the ability to get in and out with ease even in the 22nd century. All seemed to be nice and calm until just after Hannah's descendants visited in the 1980s. The key for the time travel mausoleum disappeared. In 1998, a reporter by the name of Helen Smith wrote an article that may have been the first story in the mainstream press that raised the theory of Hannah Courtois' tomb really being a time machine. She described the tomb's exterior to her readers, but also wrote that the three occupants are three spinsters of whom nothing is known apart from one piece of evidence regarding the inheritance. Smith cited Howard Webster as the perpetrator of the story of the time machine. She said that Webster's research had unearthed a connection between Bonamy and the maverick Victorian genius and fraudster Samuel Warner. The research went on to say that both these men worked together to invent a time machine, but they just needed someone who could finance their clandestine project. That is when Helen Smith says that Hannah Courtois came into the story. Joseph Bonamy had the ancient wisdom. Samuel Warner had his breakthrough scientific resources. And of course, Hannah Courtois had the money. And, as previously stated, they had placed the newly built time machine in Brompton Cemetery because they thought it would never face redevelopment and the tomb would never be disturbed. But the missing key was very important too. It went missing in the 1980s, after some descendants of Hannah Courtois apparently visited the tomb. But, Hannah's daughters did not marry. There was never any evidence that they had children either. That begs the question, who were these descendants? With Hannah's daughters apparently not having any children, what family line did these descendants come from exactly? Maybe, just maybe, 
these so-called descendants of Hannah Courtois and her daughters that visited the tomb in Brompton Cemetery in the 1980s were in fact Hannah Courtois and her daughters. Could it also be that Hannah had visited the future, managed to get hold of some things of antiquity that may not have been of any value in that era that she was visiting, taken those back to the 1800s, gotten her employer, then husband John Courtois, to sell these now extremely valuable objects to those rich, famous, powerful people that she mingled with, so that he could get the money that would eventually be given to her through the inheritance so that she could afford to pay Bonamy and Warner's project to create the time machine that would allow her to go into the future and keep her wealth flowing in a predestination time loop kind of way. Until we find the key to the door, we will never know what may be behind it. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, that is it from me this week. I hope you've enjoyed this episode as much as all the other episodes. Like I've said, uh, do keep having a look at uh, the website, ufosandops.com. Keep an eye out for Maggie Z's contribution, which should be coming very soon. And as always, please donate, but also send your stories in. Anything, any contact you want to make, even if you just want to shoot the breeze with me send me a message check the website out have a look at the pictures whatever so yes do get in touch but take care and stay safe and stay hopeful i fully understand that many people may be affected by the events of the news in the last few weeks and especially this morning therefore i would like to say that if you do need help do seek it out my friend Chris Cumberbatch is a motivational speaker and a mental health campaigner. He has been through PTSD himself. Chris has allowed me to share with you his website in which he tells of his story, battles with uh, mental health, etc., but also how to get help for yourself. I would urge you to go and have a look at the website. It is madyana.co.uk that's madyana.co.uk m-a-d-y-a-n-a dot co.uk anyway ladies and gentlemen that is it from me this week i hope you've enjoyed this episode as much as all the other episodes like i've said uh, do keep having a look at uh, the website ufosandops.com Keep an eye out for Maggie Z's contribution, which should be coming very soon. And as always, please donate, but also send your stories in. Anything, any contact you want to make, even if you just want to shoot the breeze with me, send me a message. Check the website out, have a look at the pictures, whatever. So yes, do get in touch, but take care and stay safe and stay hopeful.